everyone and welcome to the latest official Everton podcast and in this episode we've got something a little bit different. If you know your history is the famous line from the famous song but very few know their history quite like the Everton FC Heritage Society and I am delighted to be joined by two of their members Sarah Debo and Brendan Connolly to learn a lot more about what the society does. The Everton FC Heritage Society Sarah what does it do? Well, I mean, there are different different people within the society that have extremely different roles, um, passions, um, and their minds work in all different ways. Um, it's essentially a group of very, very knowledgeable Evertonians. Isn't passionate, it? yeah, passionate Evertonians. You know, uh, interested in the, the history, the heritage, the culture of, of the club, um, going all the way back to the to the to the to the founding days and. Um, I'm quite a newbie to be honest so it's a privilege to be here but I'm very much out of my depth when it comes to <laughs> um, speaking on behalf of the society so I think Brendan can perhaps um, describe what the society does. How long has it been going Brendan? Uh, it's about 13 years now Darren, um, founded by Dr David France as, as were many things um, and uh, the founder members were myself, um, John Rowlands, Dr John Rowlands who sadly re- recently passed away uh, Paul Wharton and George Orr. Paul was our early chairman um, and it was Paul and George that really got us into St Luke's Church Hall and really where everything started. It's, it's about protecting the heritage, isn't it, as much as publicising it, for want of a better word? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, for example, I, I collect memorabilia um, and that's my sort of uh, gesture towards protecting the heritage of the club, yeah. Can anybody join, Sarah, or have you got to have a, a certain? You got to bring a certain skill set to the table. I think it is that, yeah. From from coming into it myself, I think um, I think you were sort of invited within um, by the by the, the members at the time, um, and sort of how you can bring something to to the table, um, what the club means to you, how, how you, I suppose, embrace the heritage, and how you preserve it yourself in your own way. And I think that's that's a massive part of it for me, very much so. I think. Yeah, it's something that we've had quite a lot of debate about over the last couple of years, really, um, because we don't want to be an exclusive society. We want to include people, of course, um, but then the balance of that is, you know, how how do you manage the society and how do you have meetings here if there's hundreds of people? Mm. Uh, so, so yeah, it's it's a difficult balance, but one we try to to strike. One of the one of the the key components of the Heritage Society, as far as I'm concerned, is is the the church hall. At, St Luke the Evangelist on a match day uh, I went up there to do a bit of filming there recently and it, it, it's a while since I've been there Sarah and I could have stayed there mm. for hours it's it's a, it's a treasure trove isn't it for sure I mean it's a ritual I mean certainly for me coming up in, in my earlier days with my father you know it, it would be passing to the church and it's sort of changed over time there are elements of it you know, that have changed the cafe and, and like downstairs that, and the society has grown and it's just such a um a unique spot. I mean, it's the only one I think in the country, isn't it, where you can actually call into a church connected to to a football ground. Absolutely, and it's so beautiful, and, and everybody in there brings their own different um, sort of thing to the table. Again, it's, it, there's something wonderful about it, and Evertonians who have yet, you know, to sort of not be there, they need to pass in you know, before before we leave. One hundred percent, and we'll be making sure they do. Just give us a flavour of what what goes on 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 a match day in the church hall, Brent. Yeah, sure. Um, well, we tend to open about three hours before kickoff, um, and it, you know the, the build-up tends to be fairly slow. 
so we have displays of various items, uh, lots of photographs, old shirts, old Everton shirts, scarves. Um, you know, it, it's almost like Steptoe's Yard. Uh, there's, there's that much that's crammed in there. Um, it, it's quite amazing, really. Um, Richie is so passionate mm. that um, you know he, he just gets more and more and more stuff on display all the time. Um, but what, one of the really nice things is that um, you know people come in from visiting sites and they're staggered really the, f- the first time they come in. They always say, "Oh, I wish you know, wish we had something like this this back at our club." Um, but yeah, so we have um, stalls. Uh, Tom Regan from Toffee Art and Reg um, regular. Uh, attenders as are the Rulateros. So there's you know, quite a wide variety of, of things that are available for purchase and, and just for display. What I, what I like about it as well, Sarah, is that, that you see loads of kids in there. Now, the kids will go in there and they'll see shirts on the walls and they'll see photographs. They won't know who they are, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that they've got this thirst for knowledge to, to learn about who they are and, and, and who better to teach them than, than the Heritage Society. Yeah, it's amazing, like you say. It's, it's so inclusive too. It feels like it's it's open to absolutely everybody. And Brent obviously said that the um, away supporters come in as well. It is such a unique place. It is such a treasure trove, and yeah, we should we should definitely embrace it. On the subject of of getting kids involved, one of the best ways to project the heritage is to use modern technology, social media, and uh, I believe that's landed on your toes. Apparently, yes. <laughs> I've been given. I'm not sure what people expect from it, but I think I think especially because I'm I'm so interested in in the culture of of sort of the present that we're, we're living in now, especially the last couple of seasons, and how important it is that you know we understand the fans are you know the, the lifeblood of the club and and the role that we play within it and I think that's what I'm so interested in the social and cultural impact mm. and so yeah it's important that we we pass that on to, to the fans coming up for sure yeah when, when Brendan said there Richie is so passionate you could just insert mm. any name from the Heritage Society <laughs> is so passionate couldn't you yeah for sure yeah you certainly could yeah but I think you know Richie is he puts so much effort into it um, second to none really to be honest Richie Gillamere so that's match days. Um, what about non-match days? What does the what does the Heritage Society a- a- exist to do? Um, well, we, I mean, we have three main aims, um, and, and basically, it's all around preserving the, the, the heritage and the history of the club. Um, and you know, also we we try to work together with the Everton collection. Uh, so myself, in particular, uh, to have a good relationship with Lord Grantchester. Um, we both try to buy artefacts from the, the, the club's past um, so we try to work together to avoid bidding against each other um, <laughs> Is that getting harder and harder as, as time goes by Brent? Um, which, which part of it Dan? Buying the memorabilia oh, yeah, yeah, certainly, the, yeah. once, you, once um, you start buying there's only there must only be a finite amount of memorabilia Yeah, I mean, When I started collecting over 30 years ago now um, before I really knew David France I was trying to compete with him which was a non-starter really <laughs> um, so you know David when, when we got to know each other would uh, would let me have a few a uh, few of the crumbs uh, <laughs> at auction um, but yeah now now it's um, it, it is becoming more difficult because of course as you say you build up a collection over a number of years um, and, and then adding to that yeah it does become more difficult but you know we're always keen to work with Lord Grantchester to try and make sure that the Everton collection get what what is rightfully theirs effectively and uh, and, and again I'm happy to bid on their behalf at uh, auction. I jumped in there. You were just explaining what else the the Heritage Society does. Uh, well, one of the main things we we do 
um, or have done over the past years is uh, we've found the graves of former players that are maybe in disrepair um, or don't even have a gravestone. Uh, so we've, we've provided gravestones for probably 10, 12 former players and officials now. Um, as, as far afield as Scotland, we've been up to Scotland to do a couple of those projects. And they're really well received by the family. Um, one that comes to mind particularly uh, was the um, Alex Sandy Young grave. Mm. Um, so Sandy Young scored the winning goal in the 1906 FA Cup final. Uh, tragically uh, killed his own brother in Australia. And then dispute, he killed his own brother. And that caused quite a rift in the family. And when as, we, as it would. When, <laughs> yes, rather, yeah, yeah. Um, so when we did that project, uh, people came from all you know different parts of the world uh, to attend the grave dedication, and um, and it was fantastic to see the family pull together again. You know, some some family members who had never even met each other, mm. um, and it was a fantastic event. Yeah, it's, it's an astonishing story, that isn't it? Absolutely mm. fantastic. Yeah, Amazing. very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, well, we've as in addition to the St Luke's and uh, the graves, we do a number of uh, events. So we've had a Harry Catterick evening, a John mm. Mercer evening uh, that have been really successful. Mm. Ken Rogers has been a great signer for the Heritage <laughs> Society, um, and he organised a Harry Catterick night, and it was a fantastic. It was night. a brilliant night, wasn't and, it? And again, you know, relatives of Harry were there. And uh, former players, Terry Daracotti in particular, had some fantastic stories. He stole the show, didn't he? Yeah, he did. did, And I've seen some fantastic images of of kids out in Africa. I know Richie and the Heritage Society very much involved in kit aid. And when you you see these pictures, that's that's the... that's the power of the badge, isn't it, really? It's the power of football. Absolutely. I think Richie's so passionate about that too, isn't he? It's a constant thing with him as well. He, he just is effortless, his work, and tireless, and you, you don't realise the, the amount of work that goes in behind the scene. Like you said, with the society, it's not just sort of a, a, a you know a home game thing. This is a constant with all of the members. It's, it's, it's finding stories mm. and finding the fans' voices and those elements of it as well, isn't it, and capturing yeah. that. And yeah. So it, it never ends, you know, and, and Richie's been incredible with that too. Yeah. The Heritage Society have been an invaluable help to us so many times, particularly with unearthing facts and figures. And somebody will contact the club and say, my great-grandfather played two reserve games in 1900 and frozen stiff. And somebody will come back within half an hour with some information on these people. It's, it's, it, it, it's something, must be something you have to enjoy, mustn't it? That, that level of research. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I, personally, I'm not so much a researcher. Um, one of the best researchers around uh, is one of our former members, Billy Smith, who has the Blue Chronicles website. Um, Billy has trawled the archives um, throughout the, the full history of the club and has come up with some incredible stats and, and, and snippets uh, from the past. But yeah, Blue Chronicles, if you mm. ever want to find anything um, about the club, um, that's that's the website to go to alongside um, Steve Johnson's website as well um, and also which is also invaluable that's a fantastic website I mean, we're fortunate to have three three fantastic websites um, and say Steve's uh, Everton results uh, he's just added some video to that video footage of uh, previous Everton games from the past and then um, Bradley Bradley Cates is um, Websites as well, 
uh, EFC Stato is a fantastic one. So from those three websites, you, you've got all the resources you would ever want really to find anything about Some the history. Some of that footage is amazing too, isn't it? Goodison, yeah. as we're leaving it, it's just it's going to be so poignant, isn't it, to have that as well yeah. as a record. Yeah. It, it's, it's priceless stuff, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely priceless. How, how is the social media side of it going? Is, 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 it, is it growing? I yeah. would imagine it is. I mean, um, we've got some wonderful people that put behind it sort of daily, aren't they? Yeah. And um, they tap into sort of the culture at the time, what's happening, and they tune into to maybe what people are, uh, you know, anniversaries and things. Like the, probably the last thing that was went right down well was the 25th anniversary of the league winning um, the, the ladies Everton mm-hmm. ladies team and um, you were involved in that weren't you yeah myself and Rob um, there were a few of us that sort of um, Ali that I think it's been a, a, a labour of love and a passion to sort of bring that to the fore you know and yeah it was great but the social media is, is fantastic and it's yeah. it's there for the picking isn't it it's yeah, and, and Rob, you, you mentioned Rob Sawyer again. Rob, Rob is one of the unsung heroes who, who puts stuff out on social media every single day. It's, it's yeah. always there. And his yeah. books as well. He's, he's mm. written some incredible stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah we have uh, a, a lot of authors in the society. Must be sixty, seventy books between them. Uh, yeah. yeah. On all on, on Everton, of course. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the twenty fifth anniversary of uh, of the Everton Women League title winning success because. It's a whole new challenge, I would imagine. You know, we're celebrating an anniversary of 84, 85, or, for example, 60 years since we won the league in 1963. Mm. We know straight away where Derek Temple is, where Tony Kay is, where, where Johnny Morrissey is. With the ladies, it, it, it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult, I would imagine. Yeah, it is. And I think it's, um, it's, it's understanding that we need to recognise that now. Mm. And, and, but it comes from an era of, of, of paying to play and how far we've come now. You see the Women's World Cup and... And um, it's a, it's a professional it's a professional thing you know you can be an athlete now and you're paid for it and and the women's game has changed the attitude towards it has changed as well and it's constantly changing Arsenal you know they're selling out mm-hmm. Goodison um, a few weeks ago and and yeah it's recognizing what those people sort of did and you know Mo Marley that era just incredible and trailblazers and to recognize it it's, it's Evertonia isn't it yeah it's all relative yeah. so it's, it's not it's, it's not as it's not as long a history as the men's side but it's so important that the young people now who probably take women's football for granted and probably mm. think it's always been on the television they they need to know just how far women's football has come in a relatively short space of time yeah and and, and women's you know supporters of the club you know most most men I speak to of a certain age but a lot of them were taken by their grandmothers and and their mothers ironically mm. and and I think it's tapping into that as well and, and celebrating it you're a non-profit making organization Bren aren't you well darn yes yeah so a key component of the whole thing must be fundraising yeah, um, our main fundraiser is St Luke's. Um, so, you know, we sell all programs in there, and it's fantastic that uh, most of the, the vast majority of those programs are donated by supporters. Uh, so we get loads of donations from from the support. Um, so we sell those programs on. And we also charge the stallholders, and uh, yeah, that's that's our ma- main fundraiser. Um, we're fortunate to have a, a fairly healthy balance at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, couple of events coming up that will start to uh, draw on those resources yeah if there's an Evertonian listening to this with some stuff up in the loft <laughs> under pressure from his <laughs> missus to get rid of it can they just drop it in on a match day uh, well certainly yeah they can do or we you know we can call and collect it it's not always easy to access 
St Luke's with uh, a couple of suitcases full of programmes but uh, yeah we're more than happy to pick up stuff if uh, if required yeah. there's an exhibitional angle isn't there as well to the stuff but not everything is for sale in there is it no no um, all, all the shirts are, and scarves around the walls uh, are for display um, and there are lots of photographic displays as well uh, again Tom Regan from Toffee Arty produces all our posters does a fantastic job uh, so yeah, plenty of stuff on display yeah. and, and the Heritage Society is going to be so so relevant so important in the next 18 months or so as we leave Goodison Park because we're, we're, we're on the cusp of the most monumental episode in the club's history yeah it's celebrating the, the, the past but also you know pushing us on into the future and, and recognising how important the, 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 the heritage is and using that you know as a, as a tool I guess Celebrating it. What bit of Goodison would you like to keep? Oh, that's a great question. That's a million dollar question, isn't yeah. it? If you'd asked me before the main, the old main stand, I'd have probably said the the top of the old main stand, but I've no idea where that's probably gone in someone's uh, someone's so garden. Someone will have it somewhere, won't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, it's great that the club have, have respected the heritage and uh, the the Archibald Leach mm. design is mm. is built into the uh, the wall of the, of the new stadium, and uh, I'm sure the club will have many other things up the sleeve. Yeah. to uh, respect the heritage yeah. how important is the relationship between the football club and the heritage society I think it's vital from from my perspective from someone sort of coming into it um, relatively recently I think it, it's really important um, that we don't dwell in the past um, but that we embrace it I think and um, we use it as a as a, as a, as a mark mm. I suppose it's a marker isn't it and yeah, I think just very much to, to celebrate all of the things that we are and, the, and that the level that we can we can obtain. Yeah, we've, we've had a great relationship with, with some of the people from the club yourself, obviously, Darren, uh, but people like Ali James, uh, Scott McLeod, Mo Magzacci, uh, Richard Kenyon have all, all been fantastic in the past. And, you know, I'd like to think it's a mutually beneficial arrangement. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So which piece of Goodison would you like to keep? Gosh, or if you could go back, would you, would you, would you, if you could go back in time, would you, would you pinch the little woods clock? That would be the one. There was a rumor, well, more than a rumor, I think, that there, there is still one of the clock faces floating around somewhere. I've heard that in somebody's back garden. I think Dave Kelly was maybe involved in that, but right. um, no, I think it'd be a bit too big for my bedroom. <laughs> I was in the church hall recently and, and I spoke to you, interviewed you for the Everton live show and I was just blown away by some of the bits and pieces that you had in front of you. Pre-war programmes, Dixie Dean signatures, it's, it's. I said it earlier, I'll say it again, it's a treasure trove. Yeah, um, I mean, I've, I've been collecting for, I think I said earlier, over 30 years now um, and you tend to buy in collections and you know people tend to want to sell the collection as a whole um, so I'm tending to duplicate stuff I've already got so I put some of the, the, the stuff on sale in, in the church uh, gets me a bit of money back and helps the next purchase but um, yeah the, I mean I, I wasn't particularly keen on programmes most people who collect memorabilia collect programmes and, and the Everton collection was heavily based around programmes mm. David was very keen to get as many programmes as he possibly could in the Everton collection um, my focus tended to be more around sort of international caps and medals and ephemera um, 
for example, tour itineraries, you know, if they went on, if the club went on tour in the 30s, 40s, 50s, they'd produce a nice little itinerary card. Um, if they, they won anything, there'd be a, a lavish dinner and there'd be a menu to that. So, Where do that, you find stuff like that, Brendan, or have you just got to wait until it appears? Yeah, I mean, I used to advertise uh, in the local papers, Darren, and, and you'd get some decent calls, um, but... Then I stopped advertising. I think the more you get known and trusted, the more people will be inclined to come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that trust is key uh, because, you know, I think there are people out there who would like a bargain and maybe, you know, rip somebody off. But yeah. for me, that longer term relationship is more important. And you've got to pay people um, the, the going rate if you're buying stuff. Yeah. There'll be people listening to this, I would imagine, who'll think, I wonder if the 1956 programme against so-and-so is available. It's, it, people would be surprised. If you've never been to the church hall, and I know we're hoping on about the church hall, but mm-hmm. no excuse, it's fantastic. Yeah. You might find it there, mightn't you? Absolutely, just call in. Honestly, and the collection that Brendan has is just—it's—it's it's amazing. Just to just to experience it, just to see it. There are items that you probably you'll never find, and the programs as well. The people that sell the programs—they're so passionate and they know everything. You can't you can't pull the wool over no. their eyes. So so ask them for a program, and no doubt they've probably come by. I was amazed at the amount of shirts that were on the rack, and and, and not just Everton shirts. That there was a there was a Ducal Prague shirt there. Oh, so, I mean, you know, every everybody should have a Ducal Prague. <laughs> Yeah. There's really unusual ones at the, some of the home farm stuff. There's, there's some, yeah. there's some, there's some absolute gems, isn't there? It's yeah, just yeah, great just yeah. to look at them, experience it, it. Even if you just want to browse, yeah, just want to browse. I, I, I just think, I just think, if somebody goes in there once, I can't imagine anybody ever going in there once. I think if you go in there once, you'd think, I'm going to go back there again. Yeah, well, we'd like to think so. Yeah, but um, yeah, the, you mentioned football shirts, and football shirts are becoming very collectible now. Um, you know, even replicas will sell for two, three hundred more pounds. You know, the the shirts from our successful years in the in the eighties. Uh, there's a couple of shirts in particular which are rarer than others, and uh, yeah, quite easily sell for three hundred pounds for a replica, let alone a match worn shirt. Have you got a favourite item in your entire collection? Have um, you had to keep just one thing? Oh gosh, that's a difficult one because um, I, I tend to find that each day, you know, if you ask me that question on ten yeah. days, I'll probably give you five or six different answers. Um, amongst my favourites uh, are things like I've got, I've got a couple of passports. I've got uh, an old passport of Howard Kendall's and an old passport of Dixie Dean's. Wow! Um, so they're. I didn't you know, see that coming. <laughs> so they're my favourite items, probably. Well, I've got some of my favourite items, but um, also the, some of the medals and caps. Mm. Uh, the caps are a lovely display items. That's, yeah. I tend to prefer the display items mm. uh, rather than the programmes. I like it when pa- passionate collectors don't. They never pick the most expensive or the most valuable, do they? They've no, always got. True. They've always got. A, they've always got a favourite. Something they just yeah. got a soft spot for. Yeah. 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 I'm talking of passports, I don't know whether I ever told you the story about uh, the phone call I got one day when I used to advertise, be going back into the 90s, and I got a phone call one day, I was at work, um, and a guy said, uh, got some stuff here you might be interested in, mate, and I said, <laughs> what, what's that? He said, uh, I've got uh, Graham Stewart's passport, and his diary, and his payslip. <laughs> I was like, uh, right, okay. I said, give us your number, mate, I'll call you back. <laughs> so I got on the phone to Jim Greenwood, spoke to his secretary. His secretary said, "No, I don't. No, I, I don't think that's right. If um, 
if the lads leave the passport, they've got to tell Jim because you know mm. if we have to go on tour or anything, yeah. they, they've got to have the passport available. She said, anyway, leave it with me. And her half an hour, she rings me back. She says, oh, uh, Graham had his car broken into at the weekend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the concept so, of Graham still uh, keeping a diary that baffles me. That's, that's, a, that's a great one. You should. Uh... So, <laughs> so yeah, I managed to uh, go down on a Saturday morning to uh, a pub on the old Swan and. Uh, <laughs> Managed to retrieve the passport for the tenor. <laughs> I, think I, I think I was charged the tenor for the passport. And, uh, managed to get it back to Graham. Yeah. Did he give you the tenor? He didn't actually. No, no, that doesn't baffle me. Let's be fair. I did move house just after, and he might have posted it to the, the other grass. That's his story. Yeah, sticking to it. The two cards. So, so just to wrap up, what what other areas of expertise are around the table in the in the Heritage Society? I know somebody collects. Videos and, and, and video footage and, and old show reels. Crawford has a fantastic archive of, of goals um, in particular, um, and some of those are, are available on YouTube. Others he has to buy, um, and, and you know you can pay an awful lot of money for, mm. for some of that footage of goals. Um, and I know he's presented uh, DVDs to former players of of all their goals. Um, so that's one area where Crawford uh, specialises in. Mike Royden's an interesting character, isn't he? Yeah, Historian. Mike, I mean, Mike uh, has such a wide range of interest yeah. in addition to uh, to Everton. I mean, Sarah probably knows more about uh, Mike's interests than I do. Yeah, social, the social history element mm. to it is amazing. You know, sort of, I, I came into that knowing Mike through um, hearing about his stuff from the Second World War and, and the docks and, and that sort of history, which it ties beautifully into the, into the city and you know Everton at that time and all those sorts of things so there's a lovely crossover of, of history and skill sets isn't there yeah I mean he loves his local history doesn't he? and his family history and Mike uh, just as I say is a, is a fantastic researcher in, in yeah. so many ways I think that's why a lot of the society are useful like that but there, that's all that's where we all come into it isn't it it's, it's through family ties and, yeah. and that kind of thing I think that's all the skills that everyone brings that's why it's so unique yeah. Yeah. isn't it people like Tony Wainwright who's involved with the pals as well and Mm-hmm. Yeah. and is a great help with the uh, remembrance service and uh, mm-hmm. the booklet that we put together God, on that. Yeah. I meant to mention that, so that, that's a fabulous annual event that uh, yeah. Paul Kelly's very much involved in and he's so yeah, passionate yeah. about that. Yeah. The, 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 the service on the on the corner of, uh, of the stadium by the Dixie Dean statue, it's, uh, yeah. a lot of work goes into that, doesn't it? It's just a lot of work for Paul and, and Paul's struggling with his health and his eyesight at the moment and uh, he, he soldiers on week after week. Uh, it must be so difficult for him, but... Um, we all love Paul, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's so passionate about it, and it's, it's so poignant as well. If anybody can make that one, you, mm. you, you know, I think next season will probably be the last one, I imagine, at Goodison. So mm. um, I think it's really important to uh, to recognise that, yeah, the work that goes into it. I've had the privilege of sitting in on some of the meetings, and I, and I just love it when you go right off track you've got the agenda and then somebody told you somebody will throw Alan Ball and somebody will mention this game and that game and then and then before you know it you, you, you're a mile away from the agenda but that's if you're going to get a load of experts Evertonians in the same room you're going to get that aren't you sure uh, Brendan and Sarah it's been absolutely fascinating thank you so much for coming here to the, the Royal Lava Building and telling us a little bit more about the Heritage Society and trust me if you go to the church hall on a match day You'll never just go once, you'll go back.